All right. It's a good evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. Uh, appreciate the good crowd this morning. Appreciate the good crowd tonight. Uh, good to see everybody. Uh, like I said, just say a word of welcome. Hope everybody's had a good day. Uh, Sunday can uh, be a pretty busy day, and that day of rest, sometimes we take that for granted. I know when I was a, a kid, I always took that for granted, looked for something to do. Uh, I like didn't want to take a nap. Now I'm like, man, I'm looking for the opportunity. I know exactly what I want to do, uh, and that's take a nap. But uh, sometimes we can do that, sometimes we can't. Uh, but either way, it's a blessing to be here again tonight uh, with the church. Uh, it's a blessing to see y'all. And uh, we'll just uh, go to the Lord in prayer. That's all right. We'll get started, and, and we'll just go from there. Uh, Brother Tim, you might open us up in a word of prayer tonight. All right, let's all stand. Page 370 at the bottom of the page. at the bottom. Oh, oh, oh. 
things coming up uh, we got September the 16th Happy Pilgrim's going to have a 
night of uh, fun and games and finger foods in the fellowship hall. So that'd be at six o'clock. So remember that on September the 23rd, have a ladies meeting at 10 o'clock a.m. in the fellowship hall. And on September 29th, we have a ladies night out with the Purposeful Women of God at Talmo Baptist Church. Bus will be leaving here at six o'clock. That'll be at seven o'clock. So just remember those things and attend them as you can. I saw Square Parsons do this song years and years ago at Faith Baptist Church under Brother Edgar Thomas. What a song. You can tell he was uh, thinking about home. He must have had a bad day or a good day, but he was really, he was, his mind was on home. His mind was on heaven. And he was trying to visualize in his mind what it was going to be like and what he was leaving. And it's, uh, it's a really good song. Really good song. And I hope I do it justice. salvation it'll be over there'll be no more of that there'll be no more grace he won't have to be patient with us anymore and it'll be the end of all things that we know discourage us I've often thought Lord I'd like to get up in heaven and see why God took me down certain roads but I think when I get up there I'm not going to care about those roads anymore I think God's just going to let it be all terrific, awesome, glorious, nothing but worship. 
That's what Squire Parsons was trying to talk about in this song. That it's, it'll all be over. Where my faith will end in sight. Appreciate that uh, song. It's a good song. Uh, I'm honestly glad that uh, if you're a child of God here, you're saved and on your way to that land that he was singing about. Some days you can just sit and meditate on heaven, amen? amen. You kind of look around and some days you wish you was already there. I mean, I'm glad I'm going and some days I don't want to, you know, I'm not looking to get a bus load up tonight, amen? You know, I'm still... Maybe some things to do, but when life can just get the better of you, amen, you just know that I've got a better hope. Got a better home, amen. Uh, Paul said, and if this life only we have is hope, we are of all men most miserable. But I'm thankful today that I can be happy here, and I'm going to be happier over there, amen. As a child of God, you can just meditate on the goodness and the things of God. And I'm glad we have that great home in heaven provided by the Lord Jesus Christ. It was those blessings, that one of those blessings, the main blessing that God will give us in spite of ourselves. Uh, if you got your Bible tonight, turn with me, book of Matthew, chapter number 26. I appreciate the good singing tonight and just how it's already stirred me and helped me uh, with singing that song, uh, uh, Hand in Hand with Jesus. I hadn't heard that song in a long time. And I got to thinking about it, and that's just how I do. I just sit there and kind of stew on stuff a little bit, and um, and just thinking about just hand in hand with Jesus. And I know that sounds kind of trivial, but it's not really. You, you understand? I mean, that, that that talks about his closeness. When you're hand in hand with somebody, you're close to somebody. I remember one time, Anna Brooke might not remember this, but she was, I don't know, very young, maybe about four years old. 
and I was washing the car. I was out washing the car. And so she wanted to help me. So what she do? She picked up a rock. I said, no, baby, we can't wash the car. That No, don't do that. You know, being a good dad, you know, don't do that. Because I thought, no, put that down. You can squirt it off. After it's all said and done, we was washing out the buckets. And my side yard, there's like a little, little hill. And if it wouldn't embarrass her, I'd, I'd make her do this now. But and, and, and she was just a little thing, and she's trying to get into everything. And so I kept trying to grab her hand. Tri- kept trying to grab her hand. And we just walking down the hill. And finally, she called on. I said, here, baby, I'm just... She said, oh, you want to hold my hand? I said, yeah. She said, because you love me? I said, because I love you. And that's how God does us. Now, 20 minutes ago, she was about to make all kind of a mess with a rock on the car. You understand? But that, that wasn't no cause to push her away. That wasn't no cause to, uh, to, to put her back in the house. That wasn't no cause to say, go on. Hey, you're under my feet. Go on. You're getting on my nerves. Go on. Uh, you're, not, you're just in the way. But being the parent in that situation, and because I loved her, in spite of all what she, the calamity that was fixing to transpire, I still wanted to hold her hand just because I loved her. And that's how God does us, is it not? Y'all have already got that. I mean, in spite of our mess-ups, in, in spite of our failures in life, the Lord some days will just reach down, Brother Tim, and say, and we'll pull away. And we'll pull away, church, and be like, what, what are you doing? I No, no. He says, I just want to hold you because I love you. And the blessing that that is. Isn't that a blessing that God of heaven would want to just walk with us? Remember Enoch? He, Enoch walked with God. He come to Adam. Adam walking the cool of the day. And just God wants to have fellowship and communion with his people. Amen. That's a goodness. That's one of those things you think about heaven, man. He wants us. And over in John chapter number 14, see, he said, hey, he said, I go to prepare a place that where I am, there you may be also. Isn't it amazing, church, that God's always wanting us to be with him? I can't stand myself most of the time, much less, you know, uh, you know some folks. But, uh, but God in heaven wants to be with us all the time. That's message number one. Amen. <laughs> I just wanted to share that, how it spoke to my heart, how the music. The music can uh, speak to your heart in a good or a bad way, amen. It can move you in the, in the right direction or the wrong direction, amen. Uh, I mean, we're not, that's not the message. We're not getting into that. But anyhow, let's get started. Book of Matthew, chapter number 26. The book of Matthew, chapter number 26. We see some characters right here. We know that Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And, and we see some people, some individuals that we're introduced to, not necessarily introduced to in this chapter, but the, some people that you know in this chapter. And these are some of the last people that come across uh, and are affiliated with the Lord before the time of His arrest and before uh, the time of His crucifixion. And we'll see real quick, and we're going to preach on tonight just a little bit, the comparison of His companions. The comparison of His companions. And we'll begin reading in verse, if y'all would stand, please. For reading, if you're able to, please stand. For the reading of the Word of God. And for sake of time, we'll just jump into verse number 7. Uh, verse number 7 says, Matthew chapter number 26. And it says, And there came unto him a woman, having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Uh, but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. 
For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wherefore, soever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, uh, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial for her. You may be seated. My dear gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time together once again to be in thy house, God, to be with thy people. God, that we might be able to open the Word of God and glean from the Word of God. And Lord, I pray, God, tonight you'd apply our hearts and lives and help us, God, to grow in your grace and your knowledge. God, that we might be better Christians. God, that we might do more for you and to honor you with our lives. Lord, thank you, Father, for your wonderful saving grace. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us tonight. Lord, I know I need your help, Lord. And please leave us not in ourselves. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. And so by way of reading right here, this first one we're introduced to, this is Mary of, Beth, of Bethany. This is Mary of Bethany. This is, uh, this is Lazarus's and Martha's sister. This is Ma- Lazarus, you know, Lazarus, the one that was raised from the dead. And this is a few cha- uh, chapter over, a few chapters over. And this was the time Jesus had done told about his burial, that Jesus had already told about what uh, was going to transpire uh, in the future. And I believe Mary was one of the only ones that was listening she was the only one that was paying attention to the Word of God. Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes my focus isn't the best. And when somebody has to repeat theirself uh, so many times, I'm like, huh, what did you say? But Mary right here was the good student. Mary right here, every time it's mentioned of uh, Mary, uh, it's mentioned to her about three times. And every time it's mentioned, she's at the feet of Jesus. I'd like to say tonight, that's a good place to be. Uh, that's a good place to focus tonight is at the feet of Jesus. It's hard to go wrong at the feet of Jesus, amen. It's hard to get confused. It's hard to get lost in some things uh, when you're at the feet of Jesus, amen. Uh, and that could be where we need, and that should be where we find ourselves most often uh, tonight at the feet of Jesus. This right here, it shows worship, uh, the how we should worship. Uh, verse number seven, it talks about the giver. Uh, Mary right here, she was unselfish. Uh, she was unselfish. It said the alabaster box said a very precious ointment and poured it on his head uh, as he sat at meat. Uh, this alabaster box, y'all have heard the story full of this ointment. It said it could have been up to a year's wages, uh, that kept up to a year's wages that she had saved up uh, to buy this ointment. Uh, this wasn't some perfume knockoff. You understand? This wasn't she pulled up at the, uh, at the convenience store and started sniffing around at the fragrances and said, hey, this one smells just like that. Hey, this $5 perfume smells just like this $50 bottle. I'll get that. She wasn't trying to pull one over on Jesus. This was a, a great sacrifice to her. Uh, this is something that she had sat by uh, for a long time, and I, she probably saved up for more than a year. Amen. I don't think she went without for a year. I, th- I, th- I take it. Uh, that she had saved up for a long time, and this was very precious to her. This was something of great value to her, and we see the gift that she was given. She'd give it to who? She'd give it to the Savior. She'd give it to the Lord. She seen more value in doing something for Him than the value for keeping it for herself. We can learn a lot from Mary right here. But what do we do when so many times we want to kind of harbor those things? But not Mary. Mary said, this is a selfless act right here of Mary. And what did she do? She said, Lord, I give this to you. Did you know each one of us tonight have something of great value that we can offer to the Lord? Everybody in here. In the kingdom of heaven, there are no big eyes and little U's, amen. God in heaven, he, he died for all. Bible said, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. So the Lord Jesus Christ died uh, not just for a select few, amen, not just for a certain few, uh, but he died for all. And so guess what? All of us have something we can give to the Lord, and that's our life. 
The Bible says if you're going to lose your life for his sake, you shall find life. But if you save your life for your sake, then you're going to lose it. Something to give. But we want to hold back. But Mary right here, we can learn something from that. She, she did not hold back. She gave something of great value. And we see the gratitude in verse number 7 as well uh, with that. We can see that gratitude that was given to her because the Lord had done something great for Mary. And so by giving that alabaster box and letting that ointment flow upon the head of the Lord Jesus Christ, that showed how much she appreciated what was done. Do we not take the blessings of God for granted so many times? We just, tomorrow we'll wake up, you know, we've been in service today, and we'll take, we take so many things for granted. We take the church for granted. We take the things of God for granted. Amen. We take the blessings of God for granted. Not only that, but honestly, I hate to say it, but sometimes I believe we take our salvation for granted. We get saved for any length of time, and uh, we just, hey, that's good. Thank you, Lord. And we forget what God's done for us. But see, Mary right here, I believe she didn't forget. She knew that, hey, time was coming to an end. Jesus, he's no longer going to be in our presence no more. Uh, so what did she do? She capitalized on that. She said, I had something just for today. I had something just for him. I don't believe, I don't believe she begrudgingly gave it to him. I, I really, but Terry, I don't believe she like poured half the box either. I believe she busted it. When she busted it, what does that mean? I'm going to use every bit of it. You know what? That's where the Lord sometimes will have to do in our life. He'll have to break us to bust us. But He gets all of us. I don't know about you. I don't like to be broken. You understand? I don't like to be busted up. But God says, Adam, that's the only way tonight that I'm going to get all of you is if I break you down. That's not, I know that ain't popular preaching. That ain't like, hey, man, I'm swinging from the chandeliers. But it's just a fact. You know what? Maybe He wouldn't have to break us and bust us as much as we just willingly offer all of us. Said, Lord, hold on, don't bust a container. Go ahead and pour me out. Hey, Lord, fill me up that you might pour me out. Amen. Let's look right here in verses 8 and 9, though. It said, But when the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? It said, For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. We see in just we see in the, the, the giver, which is Mary, and we see the gift, which is this great box of great value, and we see her gratitude. But look at the grumbling. They're like, What are you doing? What are you, are you kidding me? I can see the disciples and this disciple right here who did this grumbling complaining. We'll see that here in just a second. Uh, but that was Judas. He's about to pull his hair out and said, what's going on? Why are you doing this? You ever notice sometimes you try and do something for God, you have people around you saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? How can you be doing that? Is there not something of greater value that you could be doing? Is there not something? Hey, what about this right here? Is there not something you can be doing more with your time than going to the house of God all the time? Hey, why are you going to church all the time? Why are you reading your Bible all the time? Why are you serving God all the time? Do you not think that you could be working more, making more money, doing this and doing that, having more fun, all these things? Why are you doing what you're doing? Not doing it for me. Shouldn't be doing it for you. Should be doing it for Him, amen? And that's what, that's what that disciple right there, he couldn't understand. He has some grumbling. We also look right here, we also see some glory. Verse number 10 said, When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? The Lord will always defend his own, amen? He always will. He'll always defend his own, brother. I'm not here to tell you. God, will be, God, hey, you give God the honor. You give God the glory in your life. And then let the chips fall where they lie. Don't worry about it. And God will take care of you. Amen? That's right. Don't worry about what the naysayers say. He said, 
Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. He said, For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured out this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached, in the whole world there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. In other words, we're preaching about this and teaching about this 2,000 some odd years later, what she done. So that great work that she done on the Lord, people are still talking about it today. She, she got a reward. She's still getting a reward. Tomorrow she'll get another reward. And the day after that, that memorial, she had the good reputation. Uh, and when we think about this, this Mary right here, Bethany, what do we, what do we think of that's synonymous with what? That alabaster box. I believe that ointment filled the room. She allowed her life, I believe, and we need to allow our lives uh, to fill the room with a fragrance to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You ever met somebody, you see them walk in the door, you're like, man. You know, some people are blessed in coming or going. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> They're blessed either way, amen. But see, Mary... She's still receiving honor today for what she done for the Lord back then. In your life, don't just honor the Lord with your life. Don't let, no, don't let nobody discourage you. Just keep honoring the God with your life. And I'm telling you what right now, that your life will still be a memorial even yet today. You talked about that Squire Parsons. You got a blessing. I don't know how many years ago that was. Probably a long time ago. But yet God used that and it's still being a blessing to others even yet today. So the things in the life that you live now, you say, well, it's not, I'm not doing much. It's not counting for much. Hey, just keep on living for God. And guess what? You don't know what God's doing in somebody else's heart around you that's watching you. Hey, that could be a blessing years down the road. I'm talking about the comparison of his companions. The comparison of his companions. She had a good reputation for loving Jesus. What about that? What if you had that reputation? What if you had that reputation? That every time somebody's seen you, man, they love the Lord. They know something about God. He loves his Bible. And he loves the things of God. She, boy, she, I tell you what, she's a prayer warrior. What, what, what if that was our reputation? What was that? What if it, you know, and hey, you say, well, I wish it was. Well, guess what? Start it today. Start it, start it tonight. Amen. Be determined. Say, hey, I want to have a better reputation. There was one time, I don't know if I told this story here or not, but I, I might have, but y'all bear with me. But I used to hunt squirrels. I know that sounds crazy, but y'all, anybody coon hunters in here? Anybody hunt coon, coon hunters? Y'all know what I'm talking, y'all know the reference that I'm making here, amen? They take dogs out and they, they treat raccoons with them. And you dispatch the animal after the dog has barked up the tree. Well, you can do that with squirrels too. I know that sounds redneck, but that's okay. I'm from Georgia, North Georgia. But man, I loved it. I loved doing the dog. I loved working with the dogs. I loved, I loved just all that went on with that. And, and so, but, and, and I just really involved with that. And uh, the girls, they were little and things of that nature. And so on Saturday mornings, you know, they was still just way, way little even before they was born. And, and with us and a group of guys, and we'd go out, and we'd go in the woods and let our dogs loose. And boy, it was good. And I would research those things and just think about them and, and, and the research. And it got to people at church, you know, if they ever wanted a dog question, they'd come to me. Hey, do you know about this? You know about this? And then they would, hey, go ask Brother Scotty about this. Go ask Brother. And I, I got the feeling that that's the only way people knew me. That's the dog guy. <laughs> and the Lord kind of started dealing with me about that. Is that, is that the only way people, is that the only reputation you've got? 
Not to, hey, boy, Brother Scotty, go talk to him about this Bible verse. Go talk to him about that problem or go talk to him about that issue. No, go talk to Scotty about this dog. So gradually I just kind of, I had to get out of all that. Because I want, I'll be honest with you, church, I wanted a better reputation than that. I'm just not even a Christian. You know, it was just Scotty the dog guy. God's done too much for me to be Scotty the dog guy. Amen? God's been, I mean, you know, uh, I might be stepping on some toes here. I, I, well, I started to say apologize, but not really. Uh, uh, but I know, Brother Ron, you like golf. Maybe some others in here like golf or hunting. Or, hey, not talking anything about that. But if people know you about that more than they know about the Lord, I'm just saying that's how the Lord started talking to me. Does that make sense? Well, it's just my hobby. There's nothing wrong with my hobby. No, no there's, there's not. Unless it's like doing drugs. That's not a good hobby, amen? I had to say that in there. I was losing some of y'all, amen? So, seeing if he was listening. But what I'm talking about, we have three individuals here in this chapter talking about their reputation, the comparison of the believers. And let's look at our next person right here. We see the betraying of Judas. The betraying of Judas. Judas was one of the 12 disciples right here. And, and like I say, just by reputation, when we think of Judas... What, uh, what's synonymous with his name? You think of Benedict Arnold, and you think of Judas. Judas, you think of what? Betrayer. Betrayer. Now, today, in today's time, parents are thinking of some oddball uh, names to name their children. I'm just making a suggestion here. It's none of my business, but I wouldn't suggest name any of your children Judas. No. Amen? Right. You understand what I'm saying? Judas. Don't name your kid Judas. Why is that? Because it's synonymous with what? Traitor. 2,000 years ago, we still think of Judas as what? Traitor. So I'm just trying to give you a word of wisdom here. That all you people don't have kids or maybe fix. Don't just, just save your kids some embarrassment and don't name your baby Judas. My two cents. But we see right here in verses 1 through 3, we'll not read it for sake of time, uh, the conspiracy to betray. Verses 1 through 3, and I read, and uh, we see that the, the, the Pharisees and the, the, the high council had done salt out to they're going to betray Jesus in this chapter. Well, look at verses number 14. Verse number 14 says, Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. Notice uh, right here from verses 13 to 14, Jesus rebuked that disciple, rebuked Judas, said, leave her alone. And the very next uh, verse, what did he do? He went out to conspire to betray Jesus. He didn't like the rebuke, did he? Oh, Jesus is not going to tell me what to do. He allowed the devil to plant something in his heart that he'd go betray Jesus just because he didn't see eye to eye with the Lord. The conspiracy right here to betray, it was the covenant to betray Jesus. Uh, we read that verse number 14, verse 16, we read 15, verse 16. And it said, from that time, he saw opportunity to betray him. Oh, that's awful. But look right here, the conversation about betraying, verses 21 through 25. And as they did eat, he said, verily I said unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. Man, after Jesus then said that, I throw off. I ain't touching no bread. The one. But do you understand right here? He said, One of you shall betray me. And so Judas right here was one of the twelve. 
Judas we see right here uh, by comparison. He had fooled the others, had he not? He was among them, but he was not of them. He dressed like them, but he was not of them. Hey, I believe he walked with them, but he was not of them. You understand what I'm saying? I believe he talked with them, but he was not of them. Judas was betraying everybody. Judas was fooling everybody, but who? But Jesus. You know, you can walk up here and look just like, you can have, you be dressed just right. Your skirt can be just, I'm talking about dragging the ground. You understand? You can have all the suit on, you have the short haircut, but in the middle of your heart, you can be as wicked as all get out. You got everybody else fooled, but not Jesus. You got it, you're sitting here, you're playing the part. Judas was playing the part of the disciple. And so many times today, people in churches, they're playing the part of the church member. They're playing the part. He betrayed with his words, Judas did. He betrayed with his works. He betrayed with his fellowship. He even betrayed with his faith. Oh, Lord, you don't think he's seen God? You don't think he's seen Jesus work the miracles? Jesus even washed his feet. How can you do that? He knew who was going to betray him. But do you notice the, the, the compassion and the patience and the love that the Lord Jesus even had for somebody like Judas? That it was hard to tell that Judas was the outcast. You, you ever met those people? Like, if they don't like somebody, nobody, everybody can see that they don't like somebody. You understand what I'm saying when I say that? That they give them the cold shoulder. They give them the look. They don't, I mean, they're, they're, they're just them, them two, in the, and they just, they totally, they ignore them. It's obvious that they don't like that individual. It's obvious, uh, Brother Tim, there's something going on between that person and them, the, the way they're reacting, their body language, uh, the way that they're talking, the way they're not talking uh, to that individual. It's obviously there's some friction there. Wouldn't you think there would have been some friction between Jesus and Judas? Not with Jesus. He said, I know exactly who you are. He said, I'm going to treat you just like everybody else. I know exactly what you're about. But I'm still going to treat you just like everybody else. I know, you don't, I know you're going to betray me. I know you don't care for me. But you know what? My love's not like the rest of these men's love. My love's the love of God. It's not like the rest of these other love. This love you're not going to be able to comprehend. But I'm going to love you and give you every opportunity for me to serve you and to be there for you as I did everybody else. Isn't that amazing, the love of Christ? You can go over to the book of Romans, chapter number 8, and look at the love of Christ, the love of God. But right here, Jesus didn't just say, I love you. He showed His love. So we see right here, Judas, the betraying by Judas, his conspiracy, his covenant, and his conversation about betraying. Right here, verses 21 through 25. He said, The Son of Man, verse 24, The Son of Man goeth as it is written of Him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that uh, man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, Master, uh, uh, then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou saidest. What did he say? You said it. You said it, Hot Rod. You the man. Flip over to verse number 47. Verse number 47, we see the committing of the betrayal. 
Verse number 47, it says, And while yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came with him, uh, a great multitude with the swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus, and he said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, What did he say right there to him? Friend. He's in the act of betraying him. He's in the act of turning him over. He's in the act of, hey, the very next act, you're getting arrested. You're going to be crucified. Jesus knew all this, and what he's still calling. Is that not amazing? I'm talking about, I'm talk, I, I mean, he, he, he didn't just snub him. I mean, he didn't just, what are you doing here, Judas? But he called him friend. I'm talking about, he called him friend. The committing of betrayal. Look right here, verses 27. I'm sorry, chapter 27, verse number 3 and 5. I know we're kind of running through this. But look at the conclusion of the betrayer. Verse number 3 of chapter 27. It said, And then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver uh, to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned and I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and what? Hanged himself. That's the conclusion of the betrayal. He thought in his mind, he's, it all started, you know, hey, uh, Jesus rebuked me. The next thing I know, I'm well, going to betray the Lord. And then this is where his end results. Anytime that you decide to go against God and go the other direction of God, it never ends up well. We know these Pharisees, they had paid, they had paid Judas, paid them 30 pieces of silver. And Judas probably thought, hey man, that's a good deal. Has anybody in here ever seen Leave it to Beaver? I know that sounds, that's old fashioned, I ain't going to watch that. Hey, it's a good show, it's a good wholesome show. You can't even watch commercials on TV nowadays, you understand what I'm saying? Much less a whole show. So that's my plug for Leave it to Beaver. I, I don't own no royalty stock in it or nothing, but we was watching it the other day and this will make sense. We was watching it the other day, and old Beaver, he, uh, this girl kind of liked him. He wasn't about six years old. But you know, at six years old, six and seven years old, you know, boys and girls liking each other, the boys think that that's, no, no, that's the worst thing in the world that could happen. No, don't. I mean, this little girl, she smiled and said, hey, Beaver. And the kid said, oh, Beaver, she likes you. And he's like, not me. No way, not me. And they said, that's your girlfriend. He said, no, it isn't. And they said, well, you need to prove it. So she's standing over by herself, and you got this group of kids, and you said, you need a proof, Beaver. You, you like her unless you're mean to her. And so he could tell he didn't want to do it, but to suffice the crowd, he walked over and told her she was a smelly monkey. She said, he said, you're a smelly monkey. And so it broke her heart, you know what I'm saying? And she walked off, and, and so the other kids said, boy, Beaver, you gave it to her. I can't believe you did that. Way to go, Beaver. It made him mad. He said, you showed her. So he reared back and punched one of his friends. And the next thing you know, it was an all-out brawl right there in the school hallway. And then the teacher come up. What's going on? You know what they all did? It's Beaver's fault. Beaver started this. It was Beaver's fault. Look what Beaver did. So Beaver got in trouble. I said, I'll say this. Just like those Pharisees right there, they turned on Judas. Just like that whole crowd that was trying to get Beaver to do something wrong. 
They was trying, they was provoking him to do something wrong. And he knew, in his, I shouldn't be doing this, but to suffice the crowd, uh, to appease the crowd right here, to join the crowd so he wouldn't seem like an outcast. He said, I'll go with y'all. And what did they do? They turned on him just like that. And it happens every time. It happened right here uh, in this court of the Pharisees. I mean, it'll happen even in the schoolyard. It'll happen on the job site. Hey, I'm here to tell you, it'll happen in the church house. The, 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 the evil people, they'll turn on you at a drop of a hat. That's why it always pays to do what's right. It doesn't matter if it doesn't feel right at the time. It doesn't matter just like if you're standing by yourself. Why? Because that crowd will turn on you in a heartbeat and you'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll be the one standing holding the bag. That's what it was with Judas right here. He was the only one standing and holding the bag. Hey, that's your problem, Judas. He said, I betrayed. That conviction finally got to him. That betrayal had done set in and what he had done uh, to the blessed Son of God. Hey, maybe it was the fact that Jesus called him friend uh, when he betrayed him right to his face. He got to thinking on that and said, man, I shouldn't have done that. Here I got all this right here. This ain't nothing. They said, what is that? You see to that. Those ones that he had had confidence in left him hung out to dry, did they not? I'm talking about the betraying of Judas. I'm talking about the blessing of Mary. What about this right here? How about the blunder of Peter? How about the blundering of Peter? Look right here. Go back to me. Uh, chapter 26, verse number 33. Chapter 26, verse number 33. And it said, And Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, This night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples, he said, no, Lord, you got it wrong. If anybody's going to go with you, I'm going to go with you. If anybody's going to stay with you, I'm going to stay with you. And we see that Peter right here is de his declaration. Boy, it sounded good, did it not? Oh, Lord, it sounded good. Not me, Lord. I'm Peter. Lord, I can take it. I can dish it out, Lord. I'm going to be able to make it. One problem there. Notice, Peter was arguing with Jesus. It's never good to argue with the Lord. Because guess what? He's always right. Every time, Brother Terry. Every time. He's right all, every time. Every time. Not one time has he been wrong. But Peter right here, he said, hey, my way's better, Lord. I'm, I'm sorry. You don't know what's best right here. Uh, uh, I'm just going to do what I want to do. You're wrong, Lord. We'll see. Okay. Peter's determination. Look at verse number 51. Verse 51, And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear, which was Peter. All right? So Peter's determination that we see right here, he was going to do it his way. He's going to force the issue. Lord, they're not taking you. Lord, I'm not, we're, we're not going to leave you. So he pulls his sword out and smokes that guy right here, cuts off his ear. You know what? Sometimes God closes doors in your life and the best thing to do is not kick them in after God's closed them. Right. Yeah. I was at the jail the other day preaching somewhere along these lines talking about forcing the issue. Mm -hmm. And we should never force an issue in our life if God says, time out, hold on, put the brakes on. And that goes to so many things, areas in our life. And I was saying it's like this right here. Sometimes we get in trouble forcing the issue. I was telling them about this right here, even about relationships. 
I see it in young people all the time. But I love them. You've known them for like, what, 30 seconds, and now you love them. <laughs> all kind of red flags going up, but you love them. Tomorrow, somebody new. You understand what I'm saying? But before, you loved them. But red flags in these relationships, you're going to push the issue. And I'm saying sometimes these relationships like this don't work out. I like you see the fact uh, that these don't work out whenever uh, all of a sudden, you know, they have stalker laws because things didn't work out. I said, you push an issue with an individual, say you like this young lady and y'all been going out. And all of a sudden she cuts it off and says, hey, you, you know, we're, we're not going to be going out anymore. I, I don't want to have nothing to do with you anymore. She's done closed that door. The best thing you can do in your life is say that door is closed and you're going about your business. But no, that's not what you're going to do. You're going to push the issues and you're going to hide outside her house in the bushes. I said, the next thing you know. The police is going to come and lock you up because you decided to push the issue. She's done in the house with some other guy. She's done there. She's moved on with her life. She's closed the door. It's not going to happen. So guess what? Don't push the issue. I had one of those inmates raise their hand and say, that's what I'm in here for. <laughs> I did, I did, that's what I said. I said, hey, buddy. I said, I appreciate it. I said, I, I, I didn't read your rat report before I come in here. I, I promise you. They all, they all went crazy. But I know I'm being facetious right there, but that was, that was a real event but, uh, with that. But what I'm saying is here, in our determination sometimes, it's not, our determination is not always a good thing when God has done closed that door. When God's done giving it a no. He done told Peter, said, Peter, what you're going to do is you're going to deny me. He said, not so, Lord. I don't know about you, I'm going to side with what God says. And so many times in the Bible, we'll try, we'll, or in our own lives, we'll try to decide for our own lives, our direction for our own lives. And God's got His written word right here. It says, no, that's not meant for your life. This is meant for your life. And you say, not so, Lord. And then your life runs off in a ditch after God said, if you keep going that way, this is what's going to happen. I, I might have said this here too before. I apologize, but it always rings in my mind. Did you know there's people that still, and I don't mean no offense by this if this has happened to anybody, but people still get hit by a train. So what do you mean by that? Well, a train, a train never sneaks up on anybody. Do you understand? Uh, there, there's lights. You say, well, I didn't see it. Well, they put a bar across it. They put bells and whistles. And so a train never sneaks up on anybody. But yet, even in today, uh, August 2023, there's still people getting hit by a train. Why? Because they avoided the warning signs that says, hey, don't go that way. And sometimes if we see people that life, life certain applications does not sneak up on you. You walk off in front of that train. And so Peter right here, he's going to walk off in front of the train. His determination. He thought he knew more than God. He thought he knew more than Jesus. Look at his distance, verse 58. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Verse 58. It said, but Peter followed him, what? Afar off, under the high priest's palace, and went in and sat with the servants to the end. His distance. Because of his determination to do it his way, he ended up, what? Distant from the things of God. And that's what's going to happen to mine in your life. We said, hey, it's my way. No, no, God says it's my way or no way. If you're going to be a, a, an effective child of God and a good example of a Christian, then it's going to be God's way, not your way. Because God knows best. Look at his denials, verses number 69. It said, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, 
thou, was, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. He said, but he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. There's his denial. For a second time, we won't read finish reading those, but he denied them. First, he had his distance. First, then what we see, we see his denial. Then look right here, verse number 75. It said, Peter remembered the words of the Lord Jesus which he had said to him before the cock crew, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. That's his departure. He finally left. He finally left. He said, I can't take no more. Lord, you was right. I believe his heart convicted him. So you know what? I shouldn't never argued with the Lord. I shouldn't never went against the Lord's advice. I, I, I should have just, you know, took what the advice, maybe if I didn't agree with it, I, should, I still should have obeyed it. And just done what God had said. Peter had turned his back right here on the Lord. But. We can turn to John chapter number 21. John chapter number 21. We know this right here is the story. Of Peter, that he said, what did he say after he left the Lord? He said, I go a fishing. He had turned his back on God. But the God of all grace and the God of all comfort never turned his back on Peter. Yep. He said, Peter, you denied me. And I'm paraphrasing a lot of these things right here. But then we see he was out there fishing. Verse number 12, what did Jesus tell him? He says, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh, taketh bread, and giveth them fish, and likewise. What does it say? Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he had risen from the dead. Then we know what? That he had asked Peter. Peter, lovest thou me? How many times? Three times. How many times did Peter deny him? Three times. And I'm thankful tonight for the grace and the blessings of God that guess what? Where I've bungled, I've, I, you know, as we're... As we have kind of progressed through these different people that we talked about tonight, with with Mary and the blessing that she was, and Judas and the betraying that he done, and even Peter and the and the bungling and the mess up that he done, which one can you best relate to tonight? Which one had you rather relate to tonight? I don't know. I I, I like to think I'm not a Judas. You know, somebody else might think otherwise. I would like to be a Mary. I don't think I'm quite there, Brother Tim. I can't help but find myself a lot of times in the same boat as Peter. Peter had good intentions, did he not? Peter had good motivation, did he not? Peter had great zeal for the Lord, but he was zealous both ways. And I feel that same way so many times. Lord, I got good intentions. Lord, I want to serve you. I want to do something for you. Man, I got a word for God. Then all of a sudden, no, I don't. Lord, I'll tell you what, this is what this is going to be. And God says, no, it's not. But Lord, I really think this. And he said, that's your problem, you thought. If you would just get in your word and start reading over the word of God and allowing the Lord to that work in your life. Honestly, to allow that Lord to put that word of God. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. 
And I got to thinking about it. What if we had like a spiritual bank? I'll say this while she's coming. If we have a piano player, please. A spiritual bank, or even a spiritual box like that, that, that word, Brother Marty, as, as we read that word, guess what? Just puts it back in there. 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 And that's why we can have those services when God shows up. Oh, I'm about to bust it all to pieces. Because you know what we've been doing all week long, what we've been doing all month long. It might be a year, it might be a month, it might be a week, it might be a day. But I've taken that word of God. And Lord, I didn't even realize it. You understand what I'm saying? You didn't even realize it. You're just reading. I don't know what I'm getting, but I'm just reading. And I'm trying to do what the Bible says, and I'm trying to hide His word in my heart that I know that I won't do the bad things that I know that I don't need to be doing and I need some direction I need some discernment I need some guidance and be like Mary right there we're just going to worship and we just keep putting that back now anybody who's been in church any length of time knows some services God shows up in a very evident way I mean there's no doubt that God's in the house we read right there in chapter number 26 it was evident that God was in the house and so what did Mary do she took advantage of the Lord being in the house and what she had saved up all that time she poured out on and sometimes God's not there brother Leo we like to think that every time that God's going to show up in a way but sometimes let me back up he's not as evident as others but those times when he's evident you know what he allows us to do we should be able to do because we've been storing up that word in our heart God's in the house. God's in the place. He's not always that evident. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to break that box. All that reading I've been doing, all that, all those things I've been doing, I've been, I've been reading, I've been working, I've been putting it in my heart, I've been putting it in my mind. Hey, God's here now. What I'm going to do, I'm going to break it open. I'm going to pour it out on Him. That's why sometimes in the house of God, we have a worship service. Hey, people can raise their hand. Hey, people can shout. People can, I've been in, so they can run. You understand what I'm saying? They can pray. Uh, they can draw close to God. Why? Because they've been putting it back and putting it back and putting it back. And those other people that hadn't been putting nothing back, they're sitting there scratching their head like, what in the world? Just like Judas was. Why is they wasting that? Hey, my friend, reading that word of God and praying is not a waste on the things of God. Amen. What am I doing with it? What about you tonight? Are you like Mary? Oh, yeah, I've just been storing it up. Can't wait to pour it out. Just want to worship God. I want to have a reputation of loving Jesus. What about it tonight? Are you like Judas? You're just playing a part. You've been playing it a long time. To the people at church, you look like a Christian, but the people of the world, you look worldly. You're playing both parts. You know, I just thought about this just right now, just, just right now. You know what? I, I don't believe when Judas went over to the to that Sanhedrin court of the, the Pharisees that I don't believe they ever questioned who he was did they ever say whoa 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 why are you doing this you're, you're one of his disciples no you're you can't do this no they said 
thumbs up, buddy. Let's do it. You see, Judas, he was, he was a part of both worlds. Let's not be a Judas. But my goodness, I find myself over there in Peter. Peter so often. I don't want to be a Peter either. You understand? I don't want to be a Peter. Peter, Peter either way, I don't want to just be Lord. I want to grab that up. When it's advantageous for me. When it seems like a good thing. And then I'm going to be emotional when things aren't going my way. I'm going to make it go my way. I'm going to force the issue. This is going to happen. What's going to happen here? You're going to find yourself distant from God. You're going to find yourself distracted from God. What about at church tonight? As the church, as everybody stands. might just want to come pray and say, Lord, I want to be a Mary. You might want to come pray tonight and say, Lord, I, for goodness sake, I, 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 maybe I've been a Judas. Maybe I've been playing both parts. You might come say, Lord, help me to not, to stop being Peter. Lord, you know I've got good intentions. That's what Peter said. Peter, you know that I love you. Church, and I'm sure if you're, if that's, that's kind of how I fall sometimes. Lord, Lord, you know that I love you. I, I get myself in my own mess. I can't get out of my own way. You might just want to come tonight. Say, Lord, I don't have a reputation for loving you. As she plays.